One of the great gifts of my father was a love that tucked me in from my moment of conception until this breath, my 70th year, as I contemplate what it was to be his daughter, what it is to be his daughter. His body left this earth in September 1978. And yet... Every lullaby he sang, every Rodgers and Hammerstein song, You'll Never Walk Alone, sitting with his arm around me at the piano, I'll play, let's play it again. I'd play. I'm not a great pianist, but it was a joy. And he would just sit at my right side with his arm around me, housing me with our mother, clothing me with our mother, nourishing me, educating me. And then that great arm around my shoulders and that resonant voice, so gorgeous that people throughout our churches of my childhood and my youth and young adult years would become quiet so that we could all receive his love when he would sing to God. The Bhagavad Gita is a Pali and Sanskrit phrase which translates of the Lord a song. It's called the Song of God. It's actually a small chapter in a very large book called the Mahabharata, which is the Bible, as it were. Well, that's a poor colonial way to say it. And I, I want us to forgive the colonial powers because it's how we communicate and don't kill each other, right? Language. Translation, clothing, food, civilization from all over the world. So if we're speaking Pali and Sanskrit, we would say the Mahabharata. And our book of stories from lullabies to heroic tales would be very thick and gorgeous and sometimes illustrated or simply written or told by someone with an extraordinary memory. And then we might say, you know that book until about 80 years ago might have even existed more than any other book on the earth. At least until 20 years ago, it was the second most published book in the world. So I'm just going to say all of us are colonized by the story of Arjuna and Krishna. In Hinduism, there's a concept that there is a heaven or celestial worlds or some concept. And if we were looking up and said, I, there's sort of light that's golden or dawn pink or iridescent sort of silvery white. or And then someone would say historically, there seems to be a consciousness, a sentience there, a soul or a being. Let's call her Ushas the quality we receive, the receptive feminine principle we feel at dawn. Oh, would that there be such a figure as that? And so does she exist or did we create her with our causation of longing for love? To be of love, to be loved, to be loving. So we constructed, there's, there's, there's a being we call her Ushas. You know she... 
And then the sun comes, S-U-N, the sun comes, the dawn. It must be her father. The sun is like a chariot. Let's call him Surya. She, female, the daughter, not the wife. Interesting. Not the mother, but the daughter. The dawn begins in the Pali Sanskrit pantheon of all the Indo-European languages going from the South Asian regions, west and east, north and south. Dawn of the next generation, a daughter. Of a father riding the sun across the sky. That is her father, a planet, a deity. No weapon, the warmth through which the seeds germinate and the leaves are able to exist alive. The trees sentient before Surya and Ushas as well. So young friends or old friends who are argumentative from the late Hannah Arendt, whom I did not know, I, I studied with profound students of hers who knew and loved her very dearly. So from Hannah Arendt to young friends who are furious about the universe, there can't be a God, it's just unfair and so violent, it's not merciful enough. Like, uh-huh. I don't know, maybe it is merciful enough. Maybe we all need to be the mercy. And that has been our lack of understanding that that is the homework of the human beings. To be of the merciful. So Surya crossing the sky each day from when the rishis, the great seers or philosophers who composed the Vedas, the oldest written words of the human heart and soul and incarnations. The cells of the bodies of women and men and people over 5,000 years ago, constructed through causation, thought, word, and deed, writing something down through the cells of their bodies not picking up weapons, but causing civilization. And they began it with someone turned heavenward toward the celestial, skyward, toward the east, toward the west, toward the north, toward the south, toward the earth of, over which the sun rose and the entire planet every moment from when the sun and earth were created until someone loved enough to communicate this on behalf of all sentient beings and all of creation and all dolphins in New Zealand and everywhere through this earth and all birds everywhere through the skies of this precious planet and all orchids and grasses and all mountains and plains and grains of sand and firmaments of rock 
moving and seemingly still from earthquake to stable for a time. We take the next breath upon this earth together. And my morning prayer begins turning, listening to the same direction, Gushis and her father, myself at my piano, the Kanabi piano of my family, and my father, late these many years, yet resplendent in our hearts today, is he not? So one evening he would tuck me in, Betsy, I'm going to tell you a story. He took my older brother Michael in. This is when I was very tiny. Before our younger sister and brother came to join us, he would tuck Mike in, then come into my room at the very end of the hall and sit at the edge of my bed, which his mother had given me this beautiful pine full-sized rope bed, which the ropes had been removed, but the wood was still there. And so it had been fitted with a, with a spring, box spring, beautiful mattress and I curled up in my sheets and pillows and my grandmother's, my father's mother's quilts. My mother would tuck me in and tuck my brother in, go downstairs and my father would tell me a story of how to be and what to do always, everywhere. I remember everything about the direction because not one time from my moment of conception until I shall leave this earth and this body shall fall away and be placed somewhere in the elements. There is only the direction from holiness to holiness from a love and a peace that passeth all understanding that is the signature of my late father and I shall remember him and I shall represent him everywhere, always. And at this turning of a new year of 2024, it's a year of the dragon in East Asian pantheons of the mythology, the stories, the beautiful spiritual and cultural traditions of East Asia. It's certain numerical years in various iconographies. 2024 in our global language we tend to translate at this time in our civilization. There is a quality of remembrance and a quality of becoming that I feel needs our our great love. And that is the place where we remember what my father somehow understood, which is that what we are of is mysterious and pure and real, and true, and will never fail. And he taught me with his X and Y chromosomes, his patriarch's incarnation, that no matter where I was, no matter where I am, no matter where I shall ever be, 
I am to be faithful, representing this virtue. No matter what. When I am and do this, there is contentment. There is my father. The dolphins come and save my life from New Zealand, from their souls. They're not, they weren't physically with me as I lay in my deathbed. And there they were. And then I got better. Didn't make sense to the doctors. And then when there's challenge and difficulty, there is my father's direction. And I would like us to have our lives humbly present with us on this day. I looked at the news today, January 2024, and there were beautiful stories and horrific stories and fashionable stories and um, elegant stories. The color of my lipstick I wore the other day for people who love such things. I, I have a modest life and when I have resources, I save them to do something posh for me. I have my or beige, O-R and then beige, my or beige Chanel lipstick, right? Very extraordinary for me. Which I wore on New Year's Eve going out to dinner with my family in my dress, my little birdie's shoes, my little cane carved by a wonderful man in West Virginia for me, just like he made for his late father. David Pickle is his name. I don't know him, but... I've walked safely with his canes for a decade now. Everywhere I walk, never fallen down one time. Whoever crafted my lipstick in France, whoever cut the tree that David used for my, my walking stick, whomever sewed my dress, my modest dress, whoever grew the food which we shared so beautifully very late in the evening on New Year's Eve. Somehow we as strangers and kin, intimate family and human beings from around the world. My dress was made in Asia by just a regular company. I hope that the people who made it have clothing as lovely as what they constructed for me. Mine was purchased with the amount of money a modest school teacher could afford for a dress. Not a wealthy woman. I hope that all the people who made the thread and packaged it to send from China to Texas, I hope they are as lovingly clothed as have I been because of their love, mysterious and real, as they live through the cells of their incarnations, just as did my late father and mother. I hope that people can adorn themselves with their skin cream or great-grandfather's watch or earrings gifted by their mother-in-law. 
or small bag they carry. Vitamins and nourishment, a blanket, a roof over their heads, or safety on this earth wherever one might be. Homeless, sheltered, poor, modest, wealthy. That the empty cup of the grail is filled in your soul by God, in all of his names and ways, all of her mercy and grace through the creation of everything and everyone everywhere. And then what happens is it's not hard And I am willing. Are you willing to be on your path? The news that met sorrowfully today came from the directions. And I want us to have this as a practice, which is a, in a sense, a, a Thich Nhat Hanh would use the word agata, he would become very upset when he was a younger man and talked about this many times. He would become upset and then angry and then reactive and he would realize, I'm being violent. And then he would work on it over and over with his brilliant mind. And So he started having gatas occur, sort of um, spiritualized phrases of direction toward the future because he would find that his direction from the past was stuck, he would he would go into what I like to call the tantrum. I didn't call this about Thai, I just call it about anyone, including oneself. He would go forward and he would look at the old Pali canon, he would look at the the old scriptures from the 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 year the time of the Buddha's actual life. And he would look for a phrase, where is there one sentence where I could become enlightened? And then he would look for another and another. So he would look he would look at it and Sanskrit in Pali, in the old archaic Vietnamese language, which was used by the priests and monks. And then he thought, I can't find it going back. I have to go forward. And then he would be banned. He would go forward and he would do something acting out intentionally. Thai would act out very intentionally. I don't care if monks can't ride a bike. I'm going to ride a bike. And then he would be banned from a monastery. You can't come in with a bike. You can't come in for the Wiesok ceremonies of the birth of the Buddha this year because you are such a bad monk. You're teaching monks to ride. Another one rode and he was killed on the bicycle and it's your fault. Right, a young monk was killed on a bicycle about a year after Tai started riding a bike and Tai was blamed for this for years. He, he didn't want to talk about it for a very long time. Well, if I hadn't ridden the bike, maybe that monk wouldn't have died. Well, it's your fault, you know. You killed him. The space between you and that monk, you know, is as big as both of your bicycles. And the Buddha didn't ride a bike. You're a bad monk. You're an evil monk. And that poor monk is dead now because of you. And so Ty would go back and forth. I'm not enlightened, but I want to be a good monk. But I, I want to go back in history and... Look at Surya, here comes the sun. Oh, there is the dawn. Ushas, 
this is I'm speaking in various iconographies because Tai was not a Hindu, although he loved those worlds. So what would he have called the dawn in his Vietnamese vernacular? What would he have called the sun? Where did he feel the day arose from within his heart and soul? He was a farmer's child, so he would have been working with his parents on their small plot of land, according to the seasons of rice and vegetables and water buffalo. And so turning from the garden in Thai toward the rivers, the great Mekong and the other rivers of Vietnam, and out toward the sea, the South China Sea, where way off in the southeast, the dolphins of New Zealand are frolicking and learning, serious and joyful, living, dying, being attacked by killer whales, protecting their babies from killer whales, eating fish and learning and growing. All of these creatures sentient together. The killer whales, the fish, the dolphins, the fish up into the river of the Mekong, the fish in our lake at Kuka Lake, caught by my father and me, the crayfish. So as Ty pondered this, that mysterious place, beyond all violence, kept irritating a pearl attempting to arise within him. I didn't mean for that boy to die. He... I didn't know him. It's well, if you hadn't gotten on that bicycle, you're such a you are really a problem. In fact, you are such a problem that the abbot at the monastery in Hue will have the monastery taken from him if he ever lets you come in those gates again. Ever. You're banned. You're banished from the kingdom. You're banished from the garden, Tiknot Han. So as a young man in the middle of the early years of the French and then American aspects of the war we call the war in Vietnam, he was homeless. His parents were ashamed of him. They loved him. But, you know, he was the only monk his mother ever heard of being banished from a monastery. She did not live to see that redeemed. So Ty is a leader, and he took three young monks with him. Come with me. We'll show them. You know, we'll, we'll show them. You know, I'm really smart, great with languages, know all kinds of things traditionally. If only the common person could take over, we wouldn't need monks anymore. And yet he was a monk. So his fight within himself was so arduous for him, he very famously has said for years, he, he died several years ago in his mid to late 90s, but he would say, I would be so angry 
he was aware, oh, this is where violence arises from. He would not pick up a weapon, but he was aware, oh, this is the place from which the weapon wants to rise up in my hand. And so he would take his right hand, and rather than striking something with it, or someone, including himself, he would put it on his face. And he would just sit. And then, over the months and years, he would take his left hand and put it on the left side of his face. And he would sit until hatred left his heart. And he would sit until hatred left his heart. And he would contemplate what was arising in the dawn of the morning and the day and his heart and his soul and his life and that of other people. And he, for half a century, would build a life of the rarest flower of God, of the Dharma, of Buddhism, of Asia, of our world, of the human race, of all beings, of all creation. And yet, he would not be invited to most, almost anything of any significance in any school of the Buddhist world because he'd been shunned. He had been rejected, kicked out by this abbot and by that school and by these people and by that forum. So there'd be some huge conference and Ty would ask me, would you go, please? And he would not be invited. So on this turn of the new year, I invite this great soul, Thich Nhat Hanh, who was one of my mentors, wherever he is in time and space, to sit with my father and your father and Blaine's late father and John's late father. And let us be with all the colonial ways that we dress in Audais and drink bubba tea and eat beautiful Thai and Vietnamese and South Chinese and Indonesian cuisine. And we turn north toward China and Korea and Mao. And we turn to the clothing of my beloved's father and who was a cowboy and a very modest rancher. His boots, 
his horse, his clothing. Are we warm enough? If Thich Nhat Hanh were in a body, would we put him in one of John Pierce's ranch jackets, a hat for the sun, a belt, socks? Would we put him in one of my father's sport jackets or beautiful vests or work pants or his fishing boots? Wrapped in one of my mother's blankets or my shawls. When I was a teenage girl, very uh, young and driving, but having learned to be as safe as I might be, my parents asked me to go into Newark, New Jersey, to the airport. I've told this story a number of times. To pick up Dr. Bennett, who was the director of education for our for the nation, for the United States. And my father had a wonderful little sports car and I drove it over and I knew who Bennett, I knew who Bennett was. My, my father asked, well, how will you find him? I said, I'll, I'll just find him, Dad. My dad was caught at work and he said, oh, you know, Secretary Bennett, the Secretary of Education is coming to stay at our house and have dinner and I, so, you know, we're late. I'm, la I'm late at work. I said, I'll, I'll get him. And I had this beautiful dress that I loved. And uh, it was a vibrant, deep, rich rust color with beautiful indigo and white flowers and green leaves. And my hair was down to my waist. And I safely drove and walked in and saw him. And I, I knew it was him. I, I'm saying this not in any way, but I simply understood this was him. He was dressed in common clothing. And he asked, how did you know it was me? I said, I'm sort of like that. I'm sort of known. I'm not perfect with this, but I... And so we had the most gorgeous, loving time beyond weapons. These last years through the pandemic, when I would see Secretary Bennett on the news... He and my father and I sing for the children of the world to be educated of heaven everywhere on earth. So this quality in oneself requires that your heart and soul choose heaven, embodied virtue, Lovingly applied every breath and moment of your life. And then the shame of our lack of knowing, the karma or debris or sin of our historic actions or omissions, which were intentionally violent, they're resolved in each of our homework can't do yours for you. I can intercede, but you have to get up. The predator is not really welcome. Prey is not really who you are, P-R-E-Y. You're not prey. You're not a predator. It's time for a global civilization. Gorgeous. An imam was killed less than five miles from where I came to get Secretary Bennett 
Neymar was killed today in Newark, New Jersey. May his soul rest in Allah. May the person or people who killed him find their way from heaven to heaven. And to all the other directions of the day where someone fell and violated heaven, may he and she and they remember heaven, be of heaven, find heaven that we sing the songs of my father from lullaby to my mother's call, good morning, it's time to get up. And just as the perfection of the sun and the moon and the stars and the firmament and the animals and plants, thus so the heart of the human being, each breath, every breath, this day, every day, remembered, present, everywhere, always.